Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we have a very special guest, a birth mom who shares her story of love and open adoption. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder. This is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. And if you're a faithful listener or the first time you're listening, we welcome you. Thank you for joining me. And if you're not an email subscriber already to the Infant Adoption Guide blog and podcast, go over to uh, infantadoptionguide.com, enter your first name and your email, and you're going to get just a bunch of tips, inspiration, stories, resources directly from me into your inbox. It's going to help you on the infant adoption journey. And I promise I'll only send you amazing stuff no spam, no junk, just stuff that can really, truly help help you on the journey. And you're also going to get some free downloads of uh, some free ebooks I got available right now. So it will help you also adopt faster. Infantadoptionguide.com. Enter your name, first name, and email, and we'll get you signed up. All right. So today's an incredible show. I mean, Kelly is a birth mom. She's here to share her adoption story about how 10 years ago, she had placed her son for adoption, and only recently did the world really hear about her story. The DailySignal.com actually created her story in, on video interview. It's, she tells her incredible, incredible story about how she was pregnant at 18 and went through a heart-wrenching journey. And I ran across the video and just really, really wanted to get her on the podcast to talk a little bit more about it because I couldn't stop watching 19-minute video. You would think you would, but it went fast. And I'm going to invite you to go watch the video. I'll put a link in the show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 60. And you can watch the video and maybe even watch it before you listen to this interview because the video shows a powerful story and she shares a little bit more detail in the interview that we got today and just inspiration and hope for you uh, you'll hear a shortened version of her story, and we'll talk about it as we go through the interview, but uh, the stuff that she went through is amazing, and uh, where she has now in her life is also truly amazing. You'll hear all that in the interview coming up right now. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Tim? I am fabulous, and I thank you so much for coming on the show today, because you shared your story with the world through DailySignal.com, and just... Uh, it was an amazing story of how you went from having an unplanned pregnancy through all the emotion, the crisis, and the tears to get to the point where you placed your son for adoption. But I want to do in this interview is <clears throat> dig a little bit more into your story and hopefully shed some light and through your experience about open adoption, about birth moms, because there's so many hopeful adoptive parents that are listening to this, and I think you'll do an amazing job opening their eyes. Are you ready? Absolutely. <laughs> I just really wanted to ask you, first of all, if you could give the highlights of your story. Could you share that with us? Sure. So uh, my story starts out, I was a military kid. My father was a naval aviator, so we moved around from coast to coast, and um my dad likes to tell everyone that by age 10, I had already moved seven times, which is just crazy <laughs> huge number of moves for such a small person. There, there was just so much change in my life. And I remember in sixth grade, it was the first time I had 
noticed boys for the first time. And one of these boys, I'm just going to call him Jason because I don't know if he wants his name <laughs> all over this podcast or not. So we're just going to call him Jason. But I just, I had this crush on him. And fast forward to um, seven years later, I am a freshman in college and this the boy that I'd had a crush on for all this time and mildly flirting maybe more than that for all of that time he was at Michigan State for college first year first semester and I was in Virginia and um, when he came back for his winter break he um, came to visit his parents, which were living in the same area that I was going to college. So we planned to overlap and spend some time together and and see if, you know, we wanted to just, you know, go for it after knowing each other for that long. And um, and we did. We It was a very, you know, just whirlwind romance. And, you know, I really felt that I was in love with him and he felt bad in me and we ended up doing something that I probably looking back on it shouldn't have done which was engaged in sexual activity he went back to Michigan State I found out shortly after he moved back that I was pregnant and I was always someone who was very just motivated very type a I wanted to you know, not only be the girl that got straight A's, but also the girl that was in a sorority, which I was, and just be so social and brilliant and moving towards um, a career and then marriage and then maybe children. I wasn't even sure if I wanted children. So when I found out I was pregnant, it devastated me. I was so upset with myself for allowing that to happen. And I just, I just, I, I just remember hating myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought about my, my options before I even called the birth father. And the first option that popped into my mind was abortion, but immediately I took it off the table. So it just went into my mind and I immediately just felt sick. And I said, I immediately said that cannot be what I do because it's not the baby's fault. This predicament is my doing and my fault. And, you know, it takes two to tango. So I wasn't totally taking my boyfriend out of the mix, but I felt a lot of responsibility and I knew that responsibility didn't fall on this unborn baby. So abortion was immediately off the table. I moved on to parenting and, Again, I felt sick. I felt overwhelmed. I I had never even, just being a teen single mother had never once crossed my mind for my life. Um, that wasn't part of the plan. And I know that that's not really, I, I would say that's almost no one's plan to be a single teen mom. But um, it was just such a foreign concept to me. I mean, I was raised in a family with a mother and a father who were married for my entire life that are still married now that, you know, raised me growing up in church and have stable jobs. And I just, I looked at their lives and what they were able to provide for me. And I thought about what I would be able to provide for a child. And the main thing that stuck out to me is this this baby needs a mommy and a daddy. And I can only guarantee that this 
this baby would have a mommy. And I just, even though I was definitely young for my age, um, I knew that my boyfriend was not ready to become a dad. So pretty early on, actually that night, parenting was also almost off the table. I would say that it was right on the edge of being off the table. The third option um, came to my mind because of my sister. And my sister was adopted into our family when I was nine years old. And she brought so much joy to our family. I wanted a sister for nine years and prayed for a sister for nine years. And when our adoption was finalized with my sister, it was the best day of my life. (laughs) And I I know that I wouldn't have loved my sister anymore if she were biologically related to me. And I think I almost appreciated her more because I had to wait nine years for her. So I... You know, I, I just don't have any negative personal experience in our family surrounding adoption. So so adoption was on the table the very first night. And I actually just remember feeling this overwhelming peace. And I, I wasn't walking with the Lord at the time. But as I look back in that moment, I really think that was the Holy Spirit giving me peace mm-hmm. with the choice of adoption. And that feeling of peace carried over. Um, of course, I mean, oh gosh, I had you know, so much turmoil going through the pregnancy. But every time I thought about changing my mind away from adoption, then um, just like more fear would enter. And then I would go back to adoption. And I felt peace that I couldn't explain. Um, and I will say part of my story is that I struggled with, um, and you'll, you'll see this in the video on Daily Signal. If, if you do go and watch the video, I struggled with depression very heavily um, throughout my pregnancy and towards the end of my pregnancy that got really bad. So if you're somebody that has mental illness and is kind of wondering what that looks like for someone that's making an adoption plan, I definitely, definitely recommend watching the video to see at least one person's experience with it. But as for the the major people involved, my parents, were very supportive. I come from a very pro-life family. And I remember my dad saying that he was just happy that I hadn't chosen abortion. And he had the stance of, well, it's already happened. So we can't be mad at you for something that's already happened. And, and, you know, we, we really just need to move on. And the father of the baby, when I worked up the courage to tell him, I remember him taking a deep breath. I said, Kelly, I, don't support abortion, um, but I will support you in whatever decision that you choose. So he really kind of absolved himself from any decision-making and allowed me to take the floor on that. And my friends were very 50-50. I had uh, most of my friends more or less respected my decision. Um, None of my friends understood my decision and they would say that. They would say things like, Kelly, you know, I know that you're choosing adoption. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but I don't know how you could carry a baby for nine months and then give it away. Mm. And they just, their minds were just blown that I could make that decision. And there were, were people in my life. Um, I remember there was a guy that I had run track with, and he actually said to me, well, God's not here to hold your hand. And if you actually, you know, choose anything 
he told me, if you choose anything other than abortion for this pregnancy, I will lose all respect for you. Wow. Yeah. It hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> yeah. And what did you tell him? I blocked him on mm-hmm. all forms of social media and continued my life because mm-hmm. I I didn't need that type of negativity in my life. Um, Good for you. I do remember, though, that when he told me that God isn't here to hold my hand, um, like I said before, I wasn't exactly walking with the Lord at that time of my life, but I do remember responding to that comment and saying, yes, he is. Mm. So even, even, you know, just having the background of church, I was able to pull from um, a faith that I hadn't quite bought into, but I was still able to pull through that in the very beginning stages Mm. of my adoption journey. And that faith has only grown for me for the years since then. But, but yeah, I mean, that kind of, takes us up to two weeks before the baby was born. Of course, I'm skipping a bunch of things that there's more details in the video, but but I, um, I entered a very depressed state after finding out that uh, my boyfriend, someone I had basically been pining after since sixth grade, um, had been cheating on me, had been sleeping with other women and, um, and I was already struggling with a lot of self-worth issues and, you know, having to admit to yourself that a child that is growing inside of you would be better off being raised with another mom. It's, it's not an easy thing to admit to yourself. So I was already feeling very down on myself and then having this man that I'd invested so much time and energy and years into, um, I, I was devastated and I actually went out to, the middle of a road, um, my parents' street, actually, it was midnight, and I laid in the middle of the street, and I just prayed for a car to just come and run me over, mm. and I just, I, I remember just feeling like I just, I didn't want to live anymore. It was too great of a burden. Life was too great of a burden for me, and in that moment, for the first time, I heard a voice that came from within me but was not from me and that voice said get up I'm not done with you yet and I didn't quite know what it was I just knew that it was from a being that was far more powerful than I was so I got up and as I'm walking at my parents hall to the where our door is I said to myself okay well this baby didn't do anything wrong the baby doesn't deserve to be run over so I'll just take my life after the baby's born and placed for adoption. And the voice spoke again and said, no, I said, I'm not done with you yet. Mm. And that was a huge turning point for me. And just, I just, I realized for the first time that all of these Sundays I had been going to church and just going through the motions and not really believing in God, not just not understanding what faith really meant, I realized that there really was a God and that God really did love me and really did die for me. And um, and that that moment has just, you know, changed my life forever. But, um, but yeah, so I, I placed my child two weeks later um, after spending three days in the hospital with my little one. And... Like, I just, I think of those three days with 
so much joy. I mean, having having those, there were two nights that I was able to spend with him and just snuggle him and just listen to him giggle and cry and, and dressing him up. And it, it was so, it was so amazing. But at the same time, I always just knew that this time would end and that it should end because this baby deserved more than I could offer. And I placed him into the arms of my Hanson family when um, it was at a chapel, actually. It was at the hospital chapel, and I was praying. I was holding my sweet baby and just praying that God would take care of him. And as I finished my prayer, the adoptive parents walked in, and I just knew. I knew that they were his parents, and they were meant to raise him into the amazing little boy that I know him to be today. And um, and yeah, and that's that's pieces. That's my story mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Was that the first time you met your your son's adoptive parents? No, I actually met them through Bethany Christian Services. Yeah. Okay. Can you and, talk about um, that? I, yeah, we, I would be happy to talk about that. They um, were, they had made a profile, um, just like perhaps some of you hopeful adoptive parents out there are doing or have done. Um, and I had, gosh, I remember having about 40 profiles to sift through um, people who were looking for babies like mine. And Gosh, I just remember as I read through these profiles, it was it was actually hard for me because I, you know, I wish I had more babies to give. You know, there's these amazing couples that that um, just love each other and have so much, so many hobbies, so many passions, and so much to offer a child. And I knew I could only pick one, and so it, it was a good type of a good type of being overwhelmed because I knew that. Um, a lot of these families were, were qualified to be parents, but I had to narrow it down. So I narrowed it down to two families, and I got to meet with these two families. The first family that I met with, they looked amazing on paper. They lived in this gorgeous neighborhood. They both made a lot of money. They um, both attended a Catholic church and were involved in that, and um, and they just, they looked amazing on paper. They, they just were beautiful people. They were a beautiful couple. And they came in and when they shook my hand, I could feel them shaking. They were so, so nervous. Oh. Like trying to have a conversation was hard for me because they, their anxiety made me anxious. <laughs> and it's like they were so desperate for a baby that I felt uncomfortable being in the room with them. Interesting. So even though they, they looked amazing on paper, but as they walked out, I just, I remember looking at my mom because she was with me and I was like, I was like, I like, I need a break. Like I need to breathe because they um, just, they had this, like, I don't want to say energy, so that makes me sound like a, like, <laughs> sound weird, but, but I, for lack of better terminology, I just felt like they had this very, like, anxious energy about them. Yeah, so, it didn't help you connect with um, them if they were that anxious. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could get that, yeah. 
But the other yeah. couple, the, the couple that you did choose were completely different. Yeah. So the couple that I did choose, they walked into our, our meeting. We, we met at the adoption agency, both couples. I met them through Bethany Christian at the adoption agency. And, um, if anybody's wondering, it's a first name basis. So I didn't know their last name. I didn't have addresses for them or anything like that. They do a good job at keeping it very confidential for both parties. But this other couple walked in and they couldn't keep their hands off of each other. They were so in love. And just every time they looked at each other, they just beamed. And when they talked to me and they didn't give me a handshake like the other couple did, they just hugged me and squeezed me and just told me how radiant I loved. And, you know, I guess maybe I'm a sucker for compliments. I don't know. But <laughs> they made me feel like family right away. And I just knew that they meant what they said when they said that when if they had the opportunity to bring my child into their home, not only would he be loved, but I would be loved. And that was just that that was amazing to me because I had never thought about really me as part of the equation. I was more concerned about him having a good home. I never thought about, you know, me having a place in their home as a birth mom. So that definitely was eye opening. Another thing that I was I was looking for, I actually had a long list of things I was looking for in a family, just like I'm sure they had a list of things maybe they were looking for um in a child. Some people do, some people don't. But um I even wrote them down because I wanted people to know maybe what birth moms have in mind, or at least what I had in mind. So I wrote down that I was looking for a mommy and a daddy fully committed to each other through the covenant of marriage, a mommy and a daddy with bachelor's degrees, which is something that I didn't have at the time, but um, something that I definitely wanted at the time. I wrote down a mommy and a daddy with a stable income and ability to provide material necessities some people say love is enough and for me that didn't cut it yes I loved my child but there's things that I've had to worry about um in the past 10 years like wondering where my next meal would come from worrying about like homelessness or living in an apartment with bugs or no heat in the winter time at one point I didn't have a bed to sleep on and like these are just these are worries that looking back on it I'm so glad that he didn't have to have with me and um a mom and a daddy who shared interest with my boyfriend and me like I was interested in public relations and human services and he was interested in the military a mommy and a daddy who didn't look at adoption as a last resort or a curse but something they've always wanted as a blessing and I have that on there because that's what my sister was to us my parents had already given birth to me so they could have said okay that's enough you know we're having issues conceiving for a second time but it's okay because we already have Kelly um but my parents they they had extra love to give they had extra material um material things to give and we were able to bring a child into our home not because they were desperate for for a child but because they had an abundance of love and and possessions to offer her. And the last thing that I had on here is a mommy and daddy that serves the Lord. And this is something I 
I wanted, but I didn't understand back then. And now, I mean, God is everything to me. And the couple that I chose, Dave and Sean, they um, they met at church, and they have really made God the cornerstone of their life. And I know that that him being the cornerstone of their life is the reason why I am still able to be a part of their lives. There's no jealousy. There's no envy. It's We're able to just connect through the power of the Lord, and um, it's a really beautiful thing. I love how your faith really has, um, I'm just used to set, telling the story. I could just feel and hear your faith growing, you know, as you go further and further along through your story, even when you hit rock bottom, or maybe especially when you hit rock, hit rock bottom, God was there not only to hold your hand, but to pick you up. And you can tell he's just been walking with you through this whole thing. That is just amazing and fabulous. I love that. Thank you. So, after looking through dozens of adoption profiles, there they were, Dave and Sean. Um, they were a married couple who met at church, and they had actually discussed wanting to adopt even before they discussed intimacy and marriage. Dave was an Air Force pilot, and if you remember, um, I had said that the father of the baby was interested in joining the military. And Sean had a master's degree in communications, and I was actually receiving my bachelor's degree in communications at the time of my pregnancy. So having similar goals um, was important to me, and the fact that they matched up on from both sides was just incredible. So I just I knew right away that Dave and Sean were everything that I wanted and couldn't yet provide for my unborn child. Yeah. That was enough for you to make that connection to go, at least I want to meet with them in person. Like there, this is all the stuff that I really would love. So I just want to meet with them mm-hmm. to, to, to see if it really is them, if they're really the ones, right? Absolutely. And then while I was meeting with them, I mean, I, um, that, that kind of leads into just the fact that they couldn't keep their hands off of each <laughs> other and they were just so, full of joy and hope and not full of despair, um, which sometimes you, you talk to people that want to adopt and they are just so, so desperate and they're thinking of themselves and what they're lacking. Mm -hmm. They're saying, Oh, well, my husband and I, or my wife and I, you know, we want a child and we don't have one and we're just so upset about it. And so we need to adopt. There are couples like that. And then there's couples that, you know, say, you know what? Whatever happens, happens, but we have so much of an abundance, an abundance of love, an abundance of just support from family and friends, and, and we're ready. We're ready to adopt a child, and that was what my parents were able to provide for my sister, and that's what Dave and Sean were able to provide for my birth son. Well, I'd like you to share a little bit more about what open adoption means. And I know a lot of folks listening to this, because I, I get a lot of questions, and I'm, maybe you do too, but uh, about open adoption, just like what it means and what it looks like. I mean, you, somebody can explain open adoption, and, and maybe openness is a better way to say it, because it's just a matter of how much of a relationship or how much communication you have with between a birth mom and, and the adoptive parents is really what it is. And that could level can be all over the place and going into it. And then my wife and I are an example of this. 
did not understand it and were afraid of it. How can you help folks listening to this really just open their eyes more to what open adoption means and how maybe ease their fears or maybe just explain how beautiful it really can be? Absolutely. So open adoption, um, like you said, it looks different for every every adoption triad, right? For me, that open adoption looks like visits about once every two years or when I do really cool things like graduate with a master's degree. Uh, and um, I felt really blessed because um, because Sean, Alex's mom, Alex is the name of my birth son, Alex's mom was like, we're flying in. We are, they live in Texas and I live in Virginia. And they're like, we are hopping on a plane and we are coming <laughs> to Virginia. We are watching you graduate and walk across that stage after all that you've been through. We really want to be there for you. So they were there for that um, last summer. And then actually I saw them again a few weeks ago because I um, was blessed enough to be asked to be on a panel to speak on on my adoption and and share how that um, intersects with religious freedom. So I um, was just so honored to be asked to do that. And when all I did was text her and tell her what I was doing, I did not ask her to be there, but she bought a plane ticket for her and Alex, and they came out. And by the way, I... Like, some of you are already thinking that that's a big deal. What you don't know about Dave and Sean is that after they adopted um, my birth son, they got pregnant every single year after that for five years. So they are now a family of eight. So just oh think about when, when, she's, when she's booking these plane tickets to come see me with her, with her one, wow. with, with one son, she's leaving behind four other sons and a daughter (laughs) for daddy to take care of. So that's a huge sacrifice um, for not only, you know, for her to spend the money to come out there, but for her husband to take care of all of these biological kids at home. And, um, And I'm just, I am forever grateful. I mean, they have treated me so well. They've, they have treated me like family. They have been there for me. When I felt like no one else was, they have encouraged me in ways that that no one else can because people can tell you that you're being a good birth mom. Anyone can tell you that you made the right decision, but to sit across from your birth son's adoptive mother and to talk, to just to have honest discussions about, hey, like, I feel like I'm not measuring up here. Hey, like, you know, I'm having a hard day with this. Like, even today, she texted me because um, because Alex was tested giftedness, and he's in the top 10% of the nation in, um, in everything. Some things he was in the top 3%, but you have to be in top 4% for everything in order to get into this program she wants him in. And she's like, he's so close. Why won't they let him in? And we're just, like, we're just venting to each other. And... And just we're we're honest with each other, and I don't get jealous of her, and she doesn't get jealous of me. I have something that she'll never have, which is carrying Alex in my tummy for nine months, and she'll have something that I'll never have, which is seeing all of his first, his first steps, his first day of school, and 
And I, I get to look at it one of two ways. I can look at it with despair and I can grieve over what I've lost, or I can look at it with joy and think that, wow, I was able to have this human being come into the world through me and I am able to see him progress and grow and I'm able to see him doing that with a mommy and a daddy, which, you know, it's 10 years later and I'm still not married. So I don't think that I would have been able to provide that for him. And and I just don't think that would have been fair for him. I'm so happy that he has that and he's clearly thriving. <laughs> yes, clearly. That is awesome. Do you ever have down days and then maybe do they relate to a specific time? I'm thinking maybe like his birthday or something like that, where you have just your emotions kind of turn upside down. Yes. Um, so I can be so joyful about adoption 364 days of the year. Um, but on my first son's birthday, I, I can't even explain it. I just, I get very, very depressed. And even though like I've been very open um, about struggling with depression throughout my life, um, when it comes to the actual adoption, I don't feel depressed about the adoption. But on his birthday, I, 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 it can get very bad and I get very just down on myself and feeling like maybe, you know, I made a mistake. He's turning another year older. I'm missing another year of his life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, it's just so interesting because even though your brain can be okay with something and your brain has said, yes, this adoption was the best, one of the best decisions you've ever made in your whole life. Your body knows, your body knows it's been another year without this sweet little boy right next to you and I can be happy for him but um, the holidays can be hard birthdays for me it's birthdays but I talk to other birth moms where you know every major holiday every Christmas they're sitting there looking under the tree and saying you know I don't have any gifts for my birth son mm. or my birth daughter um, they're receiving gifts from other people right now and um, and I'm, I'm blessed that I get to send him gifts for Christmas and his birthdays, they, they allow me to have that connection through open adoption. Not all birth moms have that. And, um, and I, I can't speak for them, but I know that I personally, I can't imagine having a closed adoption and, and my, like my heart hurts for women that don't get to have that. And, and actually my, my own sister's mom, the closed adoption. Right. And, um, and you know, she, she hasn't, hasn't been involved. And, and I, I wonder, you know, what she thinks about on, on holidays. And I hope that she knows how, how loved my sister is and how we want to celebrate her on those major holidays. And, and, you know, it's, it's just different. Close adoption and open adoption. It's, it's a very personal choice between the birth mother and the birth parents. But what I would just like to, sorry, the birth birth parents and the adoptive parents but if I could just say one thing about that to adoptive parents it's that birth parents from my experience they really do um, just want to put their birth child first that is their priority and I have yet to meet a birth mother 
that says that they have hatred towards the adoptive family. Um, it's, it's all love and they just, they want their child to be taken care of and, um, an open adoption just allows them an avenue to, to verify that their child is, is being cared for. And even if, and maybe you can help me with this, but in our experience, even if a birth mom may not, um, respond right away or communicate right away, doesn't make them want pictures or communication or videos any less they may not know how to respond to you right away or may not want to respond to you right away but that doesn't make them want those pictures and that those videos those things about their child any less they want to know how they're doing would you agree with that absolutely and i'm glad you brought that up because i actually haven't um talked about this with many people but a lot of times I'll receive photos or, um, or sometimes the adoptive mom, she'll send me um, old things of Alex's that don't fit him anymore or um, just like his, his old baby blanket. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I love it, but it's so overwhelming. Sometimes I'll receive a package that she sent me and I will just be in tears and it's not, it's not, technically sad tears it's just I am feeling so overwhelmed that I can't respond to her right away and even though I appreciate her so much I mean she put so much effort into maintaining a relationship with me and I'm so grateful for it um but sometimes it, there's just not words to say how do you tell someone thank you for raising mm-hmm. a child that you gave birth to how do you thank them for that there's they don't make a hallmark card for that mm-hmm. So it can be hard to explain our feelings as birth mothers. I think that's a powerful message to send to hopeful adoptive parents or adoptive parents that maybe have already adopted. Do not forget about your child's birth mom. Send them pictures, send them videos, send them, like you said, things that they do in school, their first handwriting, their all those things that you may feel is inconsequential, no big deal. Why would they want this? It's valuable to them. Don't let that go. And I feel, I mean, as an adoptive parent of three, we have varying levels of openness with our three kids' birth parents. They are your family. And I just feel really passionate about that. And I feel like often I hear stories where adoptive parent families just drop off. They just don't like, to, oh, it's been a year. We probably should update johnny's birth mom about what's going on in his life yeah you need to do that more often (laughs) you really do they're family absolutely yes and i i just would add that we as as birth moms and you know i think as birth fathers too because i've had you know limited kind of conversations with the birth father involved in my story but but we don't want you to think of it as an obligation once Mm -hmm. you start thinking of it as oh I have to send the birth mother a picture. Like I, I know that I'm very sensitive and I'm very perceptive. And if I ever felt like the adoptive parents were doing things for me because they had to do it, I would almost err on the side of saying, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't want it because 
we we need we're just we're humans just like every everyone else and we want to feel wanted and we want to feel like we're part of something and adoptive parents have have all the power at this point right birth moms have all of the power when they're pregnant and then once the baby goes to the adoptive family and the rights are relinquished the adoptive family has all of the power at that point right and it makes the birth mother feel very vulnerable. So adoptive parents out there, you you know how vulnerable you feel right now. You know how much power that birth mother holds right now. Just think about that same feeling that you have right now. That birth mother is going to carry with her for the rest of her life. Every time she opens up to you, she's really sharing a part of her soul. And you have the opportunity to forge a relationship with her that could move mountains. Or you could burn a bridge with her that could really ruin her life. And um, and I don't say that just flippantly. Birth moms are some of, you know, from the birth mothers that I've met, they are some of the most sensitive, caring women you'll ever meet. And burning a bridge with them could really, really harm them. Very well said. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. That's what people need to hear. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, I want to, um, and you touched on this a little bit about where your life is now. Can you just share with the folks? I mean, I, it's so amazing what you've done with your life. You, you need to share uh, with the folks what you've you've done. Absolutely. So first, I just want to say I owe a lot of this to my first son because as soon as the adoption was finalized, I knew that I wanted to make something of myself to to make him proud and also to prove to myself that I um, was strong and capable and I could take um, this adoption and just turn it into something beautiful. So I went on to complete my bachelor's degree and then I went back to school and received a master's degree in school counseling. Right now, I am a teacher of little ones, so I'm able to give back to my community by teaching preschool. And um, and right now, I'm I'm actually in a transitional point, so I'm kind of waiting to see um, see what comes next. Because I know that I wasn't called to receive a master's in, in school counseling to be a preschool teacher forever, but I am just loving having these moments with children that you know, that I didn't get to have with my birth son. Now I get to have amazing moments with so many children, with dozens of children. I'm so grateful for that. And um, I actually have been leading a support group through Bethany as their um, birth mom support group leader. And um, that actually started because I wanted to join a birth mom support group and there wasn't one in the area. And um, so I started one myself. And I'm um, doing it out of the Bethany office, and they have just been phenomenal. So they've been phenomenal um, in my life for for 10 years now. They were there for me when I was going through um, just every step of the adoption, and now I'm able to give back to them through facilitating a group, and they're, they're just they're amazing. I can't say enough good things about um, Bethany Christian Services. So if you're a hopeful adoptive parent that's open to using an agency, 
I can I can definitely recommend them. Awesome. How about being a voice for adoption and for birth moms? Can you talk about that? Yes. So the Lord has definitely opened a lot of doors for me and and you know it's it's really funny because you know you've mentioned my video a few times and I'm sure some of you were wondering like well how did how did that happen? Well, I had have been volunteering with Ethne for the past three years, like I said, and one day I got a text message from a woman at Bethany and she says, Kelly, you, you need to, you need to drop what you're doing. You need to check your email. There's a very important email there, there in your email and you need to respond and tell them that you're interested. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? It can't be that important. So I check my email and I see this message from the Heritage Foundation and they're saying, hey, we're looking for a birth mom spokesperson and, you know, someone that would be willing to share their story and be an advocate for for adoption. So, of course, they see this and I'm like, like, there's probably a million birth moms applying for this. So why would they pick me? But, of course, I'm getting these texts from my contact at Bethany and she's like, you have to, you have to apply. So I shoot them my information and they immediately respond and they're like, yeah, can we film next week? And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I was thinking that this would be a video that would be made and a few hundred people would watch it. And even my own father, he's like, well, don't get too excited. I mean, it's not like it's going to go viral or anything. (laughs) And those were his exact words. And I don't really know the definition of viral, but I know that it received about 3 million views over the course of a week. So (laughs) I don't know if that's viral, but it seems like viral That is viral, yes. (laughs) So it's just, it's been shocking to me. I did not know that that many people in America would be interested in adoption even even if they watched the video watched my story and didn't approve of it the fact that they were interested enough to sit through a 19 minute video and to learn about adoption that that just shocked me you know birth moms have never you know had a platform like that at least none that i really know of and so i just have felt so humbled and so honored that you know, that I was chosen to um, to be that birth mom that gets to to share her story and her voice. And I hope that other birth moms out there can relate a little bit to my story. And I just, I hope I'm doing them proud because they're my people and I love them so much. <laughs> well, I just, uh, you just have just an amazing voice for adoption and you've the story, your story is just so powerful. And I invite everybody to go watch that video. It is 19 minutes, but I tell you what, you will get in watching it and it'll be the fastest 19 minutes you've ever seen. And I'll put the link in the show notes for this so you can just click on it. I mean, you can find it. Um, I mean, you could just Google Kelly's name <laughs> with adoption right behind it and you'll find the video. It's that easy to find. That's how viral it went. But it's at dailysignal.com, but I'll put the link in the show notes so you can uh, uh, click and find it pretty easy. Thank you, Kelly, for coming on. I mean, I just can't get over how much, how powerful your story is and then how much you've done just since those days of crisis and how much joy you have in your voice and how much positivity you have and 
And I know you're going to be an amazing voice for adoption for many, many years to come. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. It's been a blessing. Yep. And uh, hopefully the video will get another 3 million views. You know, you can just keep climbing. And <laughs> then next thing you know, you'll be on the, you know, the Today Show or something. You know, yeah, yeah. And then more more people will know you and you can be an even bigger voice for adoption. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. All right. An amazing interview with Kelly. I mean, she is just so genuine, so full of, of love for her son and obviously for his adoptive parents. And she has such a heart for adoption. I hope her story has inspired you and really given you some insight into the birth mom side of the story of an adoption story and her journey is just, I think has already provided a lot of hope and a lot of, of inspiration and just insight into what it's like, what a birth mom's journey is like as she goes through this crisis. So the links that we talked about in today will be in today's show notes at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 60. And I invite you again to go watch her video uh, where she goes through and tells her story and, and goes through a more, even more emotion please go check that out. You know, I love adoption profile videos. You know, they work so well for all three of our adoptions that my wife and I went through. Our kids' birth parents loved them. It made a difference to them. And I want to help you get the same thing and adopt faster and make a great connection with your children's birth parents. So a lot of people ask me how we created them, how we came up with them. I got free video training for you to get started on figuring out how to do that adoptionprofilevideo.com and you'll see exactly how we made our, our videos and uh, just get you started on the journey and make your own video. So thanks for listening. I really thank Kelly for get, coming on the show today. She's such a blessing, incredible show. I will be praying for you as you go on your adoption journey to build your family through infant adoption. God bless you guys. Talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening to my dad.